it is no accident that this one lands on Veterans Day. Faithfulness. There's something about faithfulness that describes the character quality of a hero. I want to encourage you, if you uh, made sure you grab one of these, uh, it will help you follow along and allow you to take notes. I encourage you, please do so. There are many scriptures that are listed there uh, for your further study. We don't have time to go through every one of those scriptures, but we do ask uh, that you do that. Then we're going to get ready, first of all, to raise our Bibles and uh, let this uh, be a statement that moves from our heads to our hearts and to our spirits. This book is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Hallelujah. As we talk about one life at a time and we talk about heroes... We have talked about so many different aspects of heroes. We have talked about uh, so many different uh, uh, facets, different personality types, different ways that heroes respond. And uh, this morning, we're going to look at that character quality of faithfulness, faithfulness. This quality is an amazing one. This quality, and if you're here this morning, I want you to really uh, uh, be aware of this. We've talked about some incredible attributes of heroes. Some of them, though, when we look at heroes, are very... Uh, uh, external, if you will. They're very out there. We've talked about courage. We've talked about boldness. We've talked about some of these qualities where you think, man, I'll never be like that. I'm just not cut out, I guess, for a hero. Don't you believe it. God is not looking for just an elite few to use for his kingdom. The kingdom of God is about those who offer up whatever it is that God has equipped you with. And whatever it is that he has given you, these qualities that sometimes we think really are insignificant can be the most powerful qualities that God will use for the glory of his kingdom. So if you're here this morning and you've said, well, I wonder how I possibly fit. I, I don't see. Today you need to know that if you're one of those like Mary Magdalene, who possibly had one of those qualities where honestly, if you're not careful, it's so easily overlooked but also so underrated in our world. We're going to look at Mary Magdalene's quality of faithfulness. Faithfulness sometimes from our perspective is one of those qualities where we say, man, that is so boring. If I could just be one like Peter or like Moses or like Abraham, if I could have been one of those. No, God has not called you to be that. And neither has he called as you look to the left or to your right, 
you to be like anyone else on the face of the earth except you. God has called you to be you. God has called you with those qualities that he's equipped you with to reach your family, to reach your world, to be his hero for the kingdom of God in the personality he's given you. You say, wow, wow, Pastor Brian. I, 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 didn't, I wasn't aware of that. Well, this is why I believe it's so important to focus on Mary Magdalene. Because truly, if you look at it, number one, there's not a huge amount of scripture that is written regarding Mary Magdalene, but I will tell you the scripture that's written is powerful. And the scripture that we're going to look at uh, today in this very first part is one of the most powerful. We're going to look at Luke least I think. If it doesn't kick me out, it just kicked me out, so you're going to have to give me a minute. All right, Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. And it came about soon afterwards that he began going about from one city and village to another, proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary, Mag Mary who is also called Magdalene, from whom the seven demons had gone out. Uh, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's, student, uh, Herod's steward, and Susanna and many others who were contributing to their support out of private means. Now you read that scripture and you think, wow, how are you ever going to put anything together on that? See, this is what I'm talking about. Faithfulness is a quality that if we're not careful, we immediately relegate it to that's one of the lesser of the hero qualities, I will tell you that it is just as equal to any other that God would use. See, we in our human uh, uh, thinking sometimes have priorities of God's kingdom in uh, disorder. <laughs> we have them in what we think our order would be, but not in God's order. In God's order, Mary was an incredible woman of God. It was Mary's faithfulness started with an amazing miracle. Her faithfulness started with an amazing miracle. This woman, the Bible declares, had seven demonic evil spirits that Jesus healed her of. Now, I've listed the scripture, Luke eleven twenty six, because it's there that Jesus tells the story about that if one is demon-possessed and they get uh, the demon cast out and they don't put something there, that they're likely to have seven more come back on them. Now, I'm not, the scripture's not specific, but is it possible that maybe that happened to Mary? Because it specifically says that she had seven that Jesus had healed her from. 
This was a lady with lots of trouble. This was a lady that was in desperate need of healing. This was a lady that needed the Lord's touch. This is a lady that her faithfulness began because of the miracle of salvation. <laughs> May I tell you that anyone who has experienced the Lord setting them free from sin is ready to be a hero for God. Anyone who has been cleansed by the power of the blood of Jesus is ready for service for God. Because of his blood, he prepares us and he has works, the Bible says, in advance for us to do. For his glory, we're not saved by works, but God has called us to works for the glory of the kingdom of God. For his purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mary's story is one, it says in verse number three, doesn't really give us a lot of data as far as how she gave. She traveled with Jesus everywhere. So uh, it's hard to, to see her holding down a job. We don't know. But it says that she gave to what they were doing and where they were going out of her private means. It's possible that she had an ability to give that we're not aware of. Praise God for ones who are faithful, who you will never know about, that give to the kingdom of God. <laughs> and there are so many countless hundreds of thousands whose names are never mentioned in the scripture who will never have any credit or glory on this earth. But if you think God has overlooked it, you don't understand Scripture. <laughs> because Scripture says there's nothing that happens that God doesn't see. There's nothing that happens that God isn't aware of. There's nothing that happens that God doesn't make sure that he knows. The psalmist writes in Psalm 139, where can I go from the Spirit of the Lord? <laughs> if I go to this extreme, he's there. If I go to that extreme, he's still there. Even if I go somewhere that's dark, the dark is his light to him. Hallelujah. He's an awesome God. So let me encourage you. If you're one of those silent heroes today that has simply served the Lord with faithfulness, God has not overlooked you. Amen. And the kingdom of God has been impacted even though you have maybe never heard anyone say thank you. The kingdom of God is blessed because of people like Mary Magdalene and her faithfulness, and it all started at salvation. Paul had one of those stories. We talked about him. But he had one of those stories. And then I asked you, what is, again, our story? 
Because really that's what it comes down to. When we're talking about being used for God, God does not want you to use anyone's story but your own. God's not asking you to borrow a story from the Word of God. The Word of God is to encourage you that your story has an impact. That your story of salvation matters to the kingdom of God. Those who have been called out of great sin and those who have been saved since a small child. In one, you see the deliverance and the power of the cross. In the other, you see the amazing uh, uh, salvation of preserving a child in the midst of a world that would want to devour them. You see both the grace of God in both. I don't know what testimony God has given you, but whatever it is, he wants to use it for his glory. And the enemy sometimes of our soul will try to batter us and tell us your story's insignificant. You couldn't make a difference if you tried. What are you going to tell people? And the Spirit of God is going to say, you tell them what I've done for you. You tell them how I've set you free. You tell them how your sin has been forgiven. You tell them how I have kept you and preserved you and set you apart. You tell them your story. Hallelujah. That's why I say all of us start with a miracle of salvation. All of us. Matthew 5, 3 is the scripture that says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Unless you become to where you recognize you're spiritually bankrupt, you will never experience salvation and you will never be a hero in the kingdom of God. You say, boy, Pastor Brian, that's harsh. No, that's truth. The Bible says unless you become poor in spirit. Now, you may be here and you may say, I haven't done anything wrong. You look at God's word and look at how holy he is and you will become spiritually bankrupt. It doesn't, it is, see, our scale is false. We want to stand on the rungs of the ladder and talk about how we're better than the person below us. But the fact is, all of us are sinners, desperately lost and away from God and without hope. But praise God, the greatest news is that the superhero of our soul, Jesus, came and he purchased you and I with his blood. And because of his blood, we're set free. Hallelujah. There is no greater hero than he. As we celebrate our heroes this morning of our country, as great as these men and women are, there's none like our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that verse there in Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 31, talks about the rich young ruler. Talks about how good he thought he was. Till he had an encounter with Jesus. 
and he walked away sad because Jesus said, you're not going to get in by your good works. <laughs> you're going to get in because of my grace. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Then we'll look at this one passage of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 9 through 11. Paul says, for I am the least of the apostles, who I am not fit to be called an apostle, because I was persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove in vain, but I labored even more than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God within me. Paul recognized it's only by his grace. Only by his grace. Mary was an incredible person because our second point is this. It was Mary Magdalene that we find at the foot of the cross. What an incredible statement that we should think about this. If we don't understand, culturally, this would be shocking. Because this was not a scene that a, a lady, other than maybe a mother, and even sometimes that would not be acceptable, and yet we find these ladies, and Mary is one among them. All the disciples had scattered. All the disciples were gone. John was there, but all of them turned away in the garden. They all ran. They all ran. But Mary, you know, I don't think that the movies have ever really captured what happened at the foot of the cross. I know that the passion uh, does better than any depiction I've ever seen. But I will tell you, I don't think any of them do the scene justice. First of all, as shocking as it was, our Savior not just hung on that cross and shed his blood, he hung there naked. That was part of it. I know it's, it's somewhat maybe, you know, we, we, because every picture we see of Jesus, and I am not advocating that we, we don't, uh, I, I understand what we're going with with the fact that it's shameful. It, it's terrible. But that's what we need to understand that the cross was about. It was about that shame. It was about to, he took it all on on our behalf. Boy, kicked me out again. Not sure what's happening. Can you please uh, get ready? Not yet. But the, the, the fact is, is this. It was much worse than what it's depicted in the movies. It was much worse. We can't, even, we can't even fathom what our Lord and Savior went through. We can't even comprehend what Jesus might have experienced on the cross. And because of that, I will tell you, it was not a place for a lady to be. 
But here we find Mary right there. And it's not to be overlooked. And I say that because, again, faithfulness is something that is, in our culture, easily overlooked. It's one of those that gets pushed on the back burner. It's one of those that we say, ah, yeah, you know, I know. But they're heroes because they simply have been consistent. Praise the Lord. Jesus puts it this way in Matthew 10, 42, not even a cup of cold water given in the name of the Lord will go unnoticed by God. If, if truly, I, I, this needs to minister to you. If you're here and somehow you have the feeling that, that the, there's been somehow an overlooking all of us, I think, have that sometimes in our life. But if you've had maybe one of those giftings or talents in the body of Christ that just oftentimes does not get talked about, first of all, let me be the person to say thank you for being a hero for God. Thank you for being a hero for his name. There are so many other attributes that we might be able to put there not just faithfulness, but joy and love are ones that often get overlooked. You're heroes in the kingdom of God. Heroes. And so often overlooked. Matthew, though, Jesus again speaking, says this. Peter was asking him, Lord, we've given up everything to follow you. Jesus looked at him and in Matthew 19, 27 through 29 and said, there's not a person that has given up home or family or anything else that will not receive back in this lifetime and then in the life to come, heaven and being with him forever. I tell you, God will be no man's debtor. God knows who you are. God knows what you've done. And if no one else says it on that day when you stand before him, the only thing that will matter, the only thing that will ever cross your mind when you stand on that day and stand before him, the only thing that is going to make a difference is to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into my joy. All the rest of it doesn't matter. <laughs> but on that day, it's the only thing that matters. Mary's resolve to be at the cross proved her depth of faithfulness. This was not a faithfulness that was willy-nilly. This was not a faithfulness that, that went for a few years and then... And then uh, uh, just went away. This was faithfulness that went the distance. This is faithfulness that made an impact. Praise the Lord. Now, you can move to the next slide if you would. This is the neatest one. Mary's faithfulness opened a door for amazing privilege. Again, don't think God's overlooked because he hasn't. 
and Mary, in her culture at that time, the, the testimony of a woman wasn't even considered to be valid. That's something culturally. I mean, it, it, was, it was certainly in not even par level with the testimony of a man. That's culturally. Do you realize what God did in giving her that privilege? God upset every religious person's apple cart in Israel. He did. He upset them all. Because that religious people of, of his day would have said, give that honor to a man. And Jesus said, not a chance. <laughs> it's going to Mary because she's been faithful. <laughs> and guess what? Mary was faithful with doing what the Lord had asked her to do with the message. <laughs> she went right to the apostles and she told them, she went right to the apostles. This event would have been hard to believe. Let's be honest. If someone would have called, come and told us, and I, I know I've used this illustration, but I'm going to talk about it again. If you want to look and, and find Scripture humorous, look at Acts chapter uh, 19. I mean, when the church is praying for Peter... And they're asking God to bring him back because he's in prison. And they're fervently asking the Lord to do a miracle. And this little servant girl goes out and sees Peter at the gate. And she's astonished. And she runs back in to get the church that's praying. And she says, Peter's at the door. And they say, you're out of your mind. <laughs> Yeah, you can't even be, you're not serious. And literally, they didn't believe her. <laughs> Sometimes, maybe we're shocked that God really answers our prayers. <laughs> but the fact is, is all of us, if we're honest, this would have been a hard fact to believe. I mean, this wasn't just someone being delivered from prison. This was someone being delivered from death. And any one of us in this room, if you had somebody that said, oh, hey, you, you remember that person that, that passed away? Remember that person that was gone? Guess what? They're here. I just saw them yesterday. You'd say, yeah, get in the car. I'll take you to the doctor myself. Isn't that our human nature? Our human nature says that, but we serve an amazing God. Now, this needs to encourage us as Pentecostals. Do we believe that God is able? God says he's a healer. God says he's able to do the impossible. But our mind and our culture in the United States has sometimes been a detriment to the moving of God because of our lack of belief. <laughs> we don't take God at his word because we've got so many other safety nets that are a blessing, but sometimes can be a very detriment to our faith. Culturally, the testimony of a woman wasn't valid. It wasn't readily accepted. But Jesus gave it to Mary. 
And by the way, when he got to the disciples, he rebuked them for not believing her. <laughs> you look at it in the scripture. He was not, he, he rebuked them. He said, why didn't you believe? First of all, Jesus told them these things before he went to the cross. He said that it was going to happen. And yet, in our human frailty, sometimes we don't believe. Even Mary, when she met Jesus after the resurrection, thought it had to be the gardener. had to be somebody. You say, well, now that's funny. Why would she have said that? Would you would have believed your eyes? <laughs> I would have immediately said, oh, it probably looks like that person. <laughs> because I'm not believing my eyes. <laughs> we all would have reacted that way if we're honest. But praise the Lord when Mary knew because Jesus spoke to her. And when Jesus spoke, she knew who it was. He said, Mary. And she said, Master, teacher, hallelujah. She then believed, and she ran as fast as she could and told the disciples. I don't know if you're here, ladies, but maybe if there is any one of you that maybe ever felt like maybe God thought that you were somehow more insignificant because you were a woman. Don't you believe it? Don't believe it. God has different positions for us all to be in, but it's not about the value of the person. It's not about the value of the person. Galatians 3.28 says, in the sight of God, there is neither male nor female. All of us are equal at the foot of the cross. Hallelujah, praise God. I listed uh, several scriptures there for you, but I have to make this correction. Luke 24, uh, I, this was not on you, the notes if you're, if you're getting, really you need to read the whole chapter. I have part of it. I have Luke 24, 15 through 18. And as I was looking, you just, you just write the whole chapter. Just when you're studying and, and going on, the whole chapter is amazing about how it gives testimony to the amazing privilege that he gave Mary in being the first to talk about Jesus being raised from the dead. Well, here's the point. God is looking to use you. And with the Lord, whatever gifting, whatever talent he's given us, under the power and under the cleansing of his saving blood and then his spirit that the Bible says he'll give you is enough to make you a hero for your generation. God is wanting men and women and teenagers and children. You look at it in the Bible. He uses them all. If you're ones who are maybe coming up in retirement or there already, God says he will 
make you fresh and green even into your old age. Don't ever think God is done until he's done, till he calls you, till he says, come up here. Heroes. What, this has been a great, great, I hope you've been blessed by this series. But before we go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of bring it to a culmination. So bow your head with me this morning. And I'm going to ask the question, you know, the first one I ask, is there anyone here? And you would say, I need to call on Jesus to forgive me of my sin, to be my 